you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky back here. Move the Sticks. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're getting close. Like season's around the corner. We're seeing all these moves. Uh, Cut weekend is coming, so everyone is getting down. I think it's beginning to really feel like the season is about to kick off, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's great, man. We we are uh, we are just knocking on the door of the regular season, and it finally is starting to feel like normalcy. I know we didn't have the preseason, but now you're gonna have kind of that final roster cut down, which is. You know, something we see each and every year, combing the waiver wire, see if you can upgrade the back end of your roster. A lot of teams will be doing that uh, without the uh, convenience of having seen these guys in the uh, in the preseason. This is a topic we're actually going to touch on uh, with our guest today. Mike Mayock, general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, is going to join us, uh, get a chance to talk to Mike about some of the unique challenges that you face this year and in, in, in this period.
period of time uh, trying to trying to build your roster. But it does doesn't it feel like with the start of the season as as crazy as everything's been over the last six months in the world that it kind of feels a little normal right now. Like we're kind of getting that build up for a first game. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think it, it feels normal. What, what's weird, DJ, without like having preseason games and so so many other things, like my body clock is just thrown out of whack to think that it's Labor Day weekend coming up. Like I had no sense of like, oh, it's Labor Day weekend because we haven't gone through the normal things that we normally would go through. We would go through all these preseason games. We would talk about college football. We would see some college football kind of bubbling up and filtering out. And because of that, we 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 just are off. And so it would be great to get back into our normal routine with the NFL season and games and just kind of getting back to normal. Yeah, man, I, I do. I think I'm allowed to announce this. We are going to uh, crank out our three podcasts a week like we've done during the fall in the past. So that's coming and, and included in that is going to be our takeaway podcast uh, which we will, we will do Monday morning after we've had a chance to watch the tape. We'll bring in our buddy, uh, Rhett Lewis, is going to join us on that so we can give you our takeaways from the uh, uh, from the weekend. And then and we'll get you two more podcasts throughout the week. So we also have a video show that's coming. So lots of Move the Sticks content coming your way. Yeah, lots of, lots of Move the Sticks content. So it should be fun. It should be exciting. Um, look, man, I'm excited just to see football. I'm excited to see it. I got excited last weekend just watching the college game. So I can't, I can't even... In, in, it, begin to fathom what I'm going to feel like anticipating these NFL games next weekend. I do want to tease, by the way, uh, I, I actually talked to you. I've showed you the, uh, uh, what the picture looks like. We've got to have some move the six t-shirts are going to be available yeah. for people that people have been asked about that for a long time. So we finally got together with one of our buddies, uh, who's put together a shirt for us. So you'd be able to get one of those. It, it ended up turning out pretty good. Uh, so excited about that. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts, Buck, before we get to Mayock, uh, about a couple things that took place recently with running backs. We had one get a big-time extension uh, for the Bengals and Joe Mixon. We had one who was cut and then has since already been signed in Leonard Fournette going, uh, staying in the state of Florida, going from the Jags to the Bucks. Just to your thoughts on those two moves. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, the Joe Mixon-Leonard Fournette conversation uh, is one that is – probably unique in terms of when you go look at these guys, like they're two running backs headed in opposite directions. But when you look at their numbers, they're nearly identical. Uh, Joe Mixon has 2,900 rushing yards. Leonard Fournette has a little over 2,500. Um, both have 2,000 yard seasons. And and when, when you look at them, they were kind of the engines of their respective offenses at their place. I think the difference is when I look at Leonard Fournette, like going all the way back, DJ, and I think it's important for evaluators to do this. Um, so much of what can trap us and get us in trouble is falling in love with the name and really not closely scrutinizing the game. It was really easy to fall in love with Leonard Fournette very early at LSU because his sophomore season was spectacular. 1,900 yards, 22 touchdowns. When you turned on the tape, you saw him just running through everybody. He was everything that you wanted to see as an old-school downhill running back. However, injuries, lower body injuries, I begin. I really believe like they've kind of taken their toll. And the running back that I see in the National Football League is still one that is very solid, one that can be a starter. But when you take someone at number four overall, you're looking for specialness. You're looking for like someone who has the secret sauce. And I can say he was very good last year. I don't care what the numbers say. 1,100 yards rushing, 76 catches out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette improved on areas that people have talked about but you still didn't get the special quality that you look for. Whereas when I look at Joe Mixon, 
Joe Mixon, to me, is the prototypical three-down running back that everybody wants. He's big, he's fast, he's physical, he's elusive, he runs with power, he catches the ball out the backfield. To me, he is the prototypical RB1 that you want in today's game. And I just think that it's interesting to see these two guys because the number would say that they're very similar, but I think when you turn on the tape, I think there are some differences in the way they play. I've got a little formula here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Uh... I'm giving this to you because I want to see this in Bucky's notebook. By the way, every week, check out Bucky's notebook, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. It's the most comprehensive. It's the best thing going that you can read to, to get you kind of a full, a full image of what's going on uh, in the football world. So this is, this is free of charge, Buck. All right. If we look at running backs in these two prisms, okay, let's start with as runners. As a play caller, I get you this much. Now what do you get me? Yes. Okay. So I get you, you get me. I get you four yards with the design of the play. You get me what you do after the four yards I gave you. So that to me, and again, once we I lay this out in the run game and the pass game, we can start running some running backs through this through this formula. So I get you, you get me. That's formula one. Formula two in the pass game. Are you the last option? Or are you the mm. first option? Mm. So are is everything been taken away? And okay, I can dump it off to Leonard Fournette, and he's going to get me my six yards because everything else has been taken away? Or am I designing an offense to put Leonard Fournette out in the route, and that is my first option? Because that's what you do with Alvin Kamara. That's what you do with Christian McCaffrey. That's what you do with Joe Mixon. That's not, to me, Leonard Fournette. So when I look at what happened with Leonard Fournette, he's getting the yards that we're giving him. He's not giving me a lot of extra based off no. of what he does on his own. And then when I look at the passing game, yeah, he's a functional last option. He's not a first option. I'm not designing plays for Leonard Fournette in the passing game. No, and I, I think that is a great point. And it's one of those things that uh, I think a couple years ago when we entered, uh, we interviewed Terrell Davis, Hall of Fame running back from the Denver Broncos. We talked about that system, and we were talking about the Shanahan system. And he said, look, the Shanahan system is great. I'm certainly a beneficiary, but the difference between good and great in that system, the good guys that get you four is what you get after that point. And when I look at Leonard Fournette, there's nothing that I see consistently where he makes someone miss, he runs over somebody, he turns a four-yard game into a 10-yard game. When I look at Joe Mixon on tape, Joe Mixon routinely does that because he didn't play behind a great offensive line, but his ability in the hole Stop, start quickness to elude, evade, sometimes overpower people. It shows up down after down after down. And then what you said in the passing game, I think, can't be understated. It is one thing to be the first option where you're clearing the side and playing iso ball because I know my running back can be your nickelback or your linebacker. It is another thing to make all your plays off checkdowns. Leonard Fournette is a checkdown option. Joe Mixon is a playmaker in the passing game. That is the difference, and that is something that goes beyond the naked eye and beyond just studying the stats. I just think it's, it's fascinating to me just because if you just take any running back and kind of just put them through that, that formula, it cuts through who's blocking for you. It cuts through kind of who the play caller is. They're just those guys. I feel like in, in the quarterback position, we've kind of we've nailed that down in terms of trucks and trailers. There's the trucks that pull the offense, and there's the trailers that get pulled by the offense. You can still win with those. You can win with running backs. You can win with the last option running back in the passing game. I'm not saying you can't. But, man, it's sure a lot more fun and a lot easier to win when you've got first option running backs in the passing game. Yeah, it does. And I will say this, because if you are a last option passing game guy, you need to be someone that gets you more as a runner. So 
Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. Derek Henry. That's why exactly. Derek Henry is the event. If if I'm going to pay, cool. I know that Derek Henry is not going to get me anything in the passing game. Well, then he needs to be a plus player in the running game. And so I'm willing to concede, like, hey, we're not going to be able to throw to him. But he is such a good runner that I'm okay being one-dimensional because we have to be one-dimensional when he's in the backfield. Yep, and that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was thinking about the difference between Leonard Fournette, who got cut, Derrick Henry, who got paid. And the difference is in that first column as runners, Derrick Henry gets you a lot more than the plays designed, and, and he just does. And look, I know some people are going to hit us up and say, oh, I've seen Leonard Fournette pop an 80-yard run here or there. Yeah, those are those are outliers. He's had a couple of those big runs, but it's not it's the ability to turn those threes and fours into tens and twelves and fifteens that you just I, I haven't really seen that throughout his career. No, because the game is really played in a 15 to 20 yard box, DJ. Like the guys that are able to chew up those 10 plus yard runs, those are the special ones because consistently they're able to help us move the chains. And you're right. We count on the offensive line and the perimeter blockers to be able to ensure that the running back can get three to four yards. After that, it's on you. We purposely leave people unblocked. Hey, Leonard, the cornerback is yep. yours. We're going to go dig out the safety. It's you one-on-one on the corner. We expect you to be able to knock down or to defeat a cornerback when you have opportunities. If you're not unable to do those things, I mean, like, you're not a special player. And that's the difference. Special players are able to do that. And when you draft somebody number four overall, I expect you to do that because that's why we're taking you. Otherwise, why not just follow the trend and take another late-round guy to plug them in because we're drafting you in the top five to be someone that is a difference maker, a high-end player. Now the last visual I'll give you on kind of the passing game portion of this is, look, there's you're going to go to lunch with the friend. You've got the guy who you call first. That's who you want to go with. You have a nice time. He might even pick up the check. At least we're going to go Dutch. And then by the time you he does he can't go, then you kind of work your way down. You might get the fourth option. Now we're still going to go have lunch. We'll probably have a good time. What my first choice? Um, and that's kind of the way you look at these running backs in the passing game. Yeah, no, that's the way you look at it. And I think the interesting thing in looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because Bruce Arians has said that, hey, the starting job is Rojo, it's Ronald Jones's job. He, he's going to be the starter. You have Sean McCoy there, and then you have Leonard Fournette. How does all of that mesh together? How do you keep all of those guys engaged and happy and doing what it is that you want to do? And when I go back and I look at Bruce Arians' offense, I haven't really seen him play much with a downhill sledgehammer um, running back. David Johnson, who thrived under him, was a guy that could do it in the passing game. He was more of a first option player. So it's an interesting mix. I'm curious to see how this goes. And if Arians and Brian Leftwich have the ability to package certain things to allow Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette to be on the field and be successful in an offense that has synergy. Yeah, what you need Leonard Fournette to do if you're the Bucks is you need to go out there and get leads, and then he can be kind of your four-minute back. Just just yes. finish games out, grind out the yards, eat the clock, and let's get the heck out of here. I mean, to me, that's where, that's going to be his most valuable role there for that group. Yeah, he has to be the LeGarrette Blunt that Tom Brady played with in New England. Hey, we're going to line up in uh, ace, two tight ends, or we're going to line up in our goal line sets, and we're going to kind of run the game out. Because Tom Brady is very good off play action. It is a way that they were able to manufacture production for him uh, in New England. Uh, we'll just see if Leonard Fournette is the right fit and if the Buccaneers have the offensive line to be able to do what it is that they may be envisioning when Leonard Fournette comes on. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing comes together. I'm just excited, Buck. I don't know about you. I'm so sick of previewing. I can't wait to review. Like, let's watch some games. Let's watch some tape, see who's playing well, and, and then actually have some concrete analysis instead of we think this might happen or this could happen. Like, let's actually see these guys on the grass and get a chance to talk about it. And it's right around the corner, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm about done with the speculation. I'm ready to kind of do some real evaluation. That, that, is, that is where our strengths lie. Uh, what is it? A little less conversation, a little more action. That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. I won't sing anymore. Uh, all right, let's get to our conversation we had with Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. Had a phenomenal job in his first draft. Excited to see his second draft class on the field this year to see how they uh, come together, led by Henry Ruggs. But it was a great chance to catch up with Mike and, and really kind of go through the challenges of, of, of running a team during a, a pandemic where you don't have OTAs and off-season and preseason games, all those different things, um, it was great to catch up with him. So uh, here's our conversation with, with the Raiders general manager, Mike Mayock. Mike, uh, first of all, how are you doing, man? We're, we're hanging in there. It's a different kind of world, and, and I'm very appreciative to, number one, have a job, and number two, to say my, my family's healthy. So I think you have to start right there. Yeah, we, we look at what's going on, Mike. I, I know this is there's no there's no uh, training manual for for what you've been through as a young general manager when you're looking at going through a pandemic and then now what's going on in the country and what's going on in the sports world. Uh, I, I'm just curious who who you've uh, who you've drawn from or who you've relied on trying to to trying to figure this thing out. I think there's a couple things, DJ. Um, number one, the message basically from after the combine when we were told to go home was as much as. Most people in the football world don't like change. We've done certain things for 100 years in football. Um, but the message I had to my scouts and continue to have is embrace change. Let's figure it out. We don't even know if our scouts are going to be allowed on the road this fall at this point. Uh, and, I, you know, every single day we talk about it's uncomfortable, but you got to embrace it and you got to figure out ways to get your job done. And there are no excuses. And as long as all 32 teams are under the same sets of rules, we're we're fine with it. Let's go. You know, that's all that really matters to me is the competitive equity. And the other thing is, you know, there's some guys around the league that I trust and like, and maybe we're not playing them this year. And we get on we get on the call and just talk. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Is there a better way to, to, to figure this thing out? So uh, a little bit of that networking also. You know, Mike, because it's, it's such a different uh, training camp and preseason, uh, abbreviated training camp, no preseason games. How are you guys trying to determine who are the best 53, 55 guys on the team when you're really not able to see them in game-like situations? And Buck, I think that's probably the best question in today's environment. And, um, you know, when you start talking about the generic conversation of what do preseason games really mean for NFL teams, and, you know, do you need four? And, and what we're feeling right now and what all the people around the league that I'm talking with are feeling right now is it's not just about the rookies and the college free agents. It's about some of those first and second year guys that you've tried to develop within your building that haven't had the benefit now of an off season. And you're hoping or about to take a step forward and you can't watch them cover a kickoff or a punt. And, and I've got this thing in my head I always call the go, no-go syndrome. Some guys are go guys. When you cover it off, there's a certain mm -hmm. point where inside you're either going or you're not going. 
Yes. Okay. And we want go guys. And it's harder to figure out go guys uh, unless you're willing to replicate that out in the practice field. And I think one of the things that Coach Gruden has been great with over the last week is just a conversation with me about what do you need to see? Who do you need to see? How can we put them in situations so we can evaluate them better? And I think John and the coaching staff have been awesome just trying to orchestrate situations so we can evaluate. I'm curious, Mike, you talk about evaluating your own team. This is the time of year where normally you're evaluating the back end of other rosters. So uh, what is the process like this year when you don't have access to see them in any live game action outside of what may pop up on social media or what a team may post? You really got to trust your your scouts' evaluations and reports. And what happens, DJ, is that more than ever, the college and the pro side are melded together during this training camp. You know, usually you bring the college guys in, get extra eyes during games, let them write a cross-check report. Uh, at this point, we've what we're trying to do is filter in all of our pro grades on guys that have been in the league, with our college grades on guys that haven't been in the league, and how do you stack it? So what you're really talking about is the bottom end of your roster, but we all know how important that is. So we're spending an awful lot of time trying to get the right stack, the right filter. We're forcing our college and our pro guys to, to meld together on Zoom calls. Uh, and, and I'm real happy with the way we're stacking things up. And, you know, you, you get to the final 53 and who knows what's going to happen, but, but you better have um, – a confirmation in your head of if somebody comes available, we're going to take them. You know, Mike, I, I love talking to you because I know you're the son of a high school coach. And I just wonder if some of your dad's expertise in terms of building a team from his high school days, because you don't have all the luxuries and you have to figure it out and be adaptable. I wonder if some of those lessons that you learned from him have helped you adjust to being able to put together a team during the pandemic, which is unlike anything that we've ever seen. That's a cool question. And um, I am my father's son. And, you know, I played quarterback and safety and punter and everything else for him for four years. And two things I would take away from my dad, I think, to this day. One is we were a small school. OK, and every almost everybody played both ways. And we didn't have time to get guys in a freshman program and a JV program and by junior year, like the big school mentality, you know, they're ready to go. If a kid could play as a freshman or sophomore, my dad was throwing his butt right in there. Let's go. And that's kind of the way I feel about young guys in this league. You don't want to ruin them. You don't want to put them in bad situations, but I want to trust that we did a good job scouting them. And I want to throw them in situations where we get a chance for them to compete early. And that's important in today's salary cap world. You've got to continue to churn your roster and bring young guys in your trust. You know, that's number one. And the second thing is just what my dad has told me since I was about 25 years old. Trust your eye. You got a good eye. You know, you followed me around everywhere, every minute of every day while you were growing up. You've watched high school. You've watched college. you watch watched NFL. At the end of the day, if you're going to make a mistake, make it your mistake. And, and I think that's really good advice. When you talk about throwing young guys on the field, Mike, you got a couple young receivers you just drafted that I was excited about when you got them, and it seems by all accounts that they're they're doing really well. What what have you seen thus far from from Rugs and Edwards on on the practice field? You know, DJ, it's it's kind of a two edged sword here. Okay, on the one side, we're knock on wood, we feel like um, we are who they hope we hope they would be. You know, Rugs flying around. Nick Saban told me point blank, you don't, you're not going to have a kid work harder. He comes to practice every day 
with a walk-on mentality. And he's tough. He's been a gunner. He's been a jammer. We've seen all that. We embrace that. Uh, with Edwards, really good hands. Better route runner than people understand. Um, tough as nails. Throw the Alabama tape on if you want to question anybody's toughness. Um, but what I'm trying to tell them and all our local press and everybody else is, you know what? They haven't gotten off press once in a game. They, they haven't done anything yet where we're going to sit there and anoint them. And we're going to make them work for everything. We're cautiously optimistic. But at the end of the day, all the rookies, in my mind, haven't done anything yet. And we got to be real careful about patting them on their, on their butts and saying, great job. You know, it's funny because when you talk about those wide receivers, your quarterback, Derek Carr, has been really effusive in his praise. But when I look at the quarterback position, I understand the value. You and I, we've had these conversations about the importance. You have two really good quarterbacks in that room. And even though Derek Carr is the starter, you've invested in terms of developing Marcus Mariota. Why was it so important for you guys to really have multiple quarterbacks that can play in this league? And why are you so committed to developing both guys? I think if you want to be a good football team, uh, there's an argument to be made that you're only as good as your backup quarterback. You're, you're one snap away and you're putting everybody at risk if there's a drastic reduction in talent, putting the whole franchise at risk. So we are believers in Dirk Carr. We, even, we think Dirk's taken another step with John this year. Uh, I loved what he did with a, in, in the offseason. He had anywhere from 15 to 40 guys working out with him almost every day. Um, we had a big group of guys here in Vegas, and I think what's important to me is it kind of confirmed who Derek is on our team, that all these guys are flying in from around the country to work out and be together. And I'm talking about offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek was orchestrating seven-on-seven seven you know, in the offseason, him and Eric Harris. And that breeds a, a certain confidence uh, and camaraderie that you guys are both familiar with. And so I feel like Dirk's taking that next step and I wanted to see. And we also felt like John and I had a comfort level with Marcus Mariota because of what we did when we were both in television. We had him ranked and all the reps and time we spent with him. So we kind of felt like, hey, he brings a little bit different style to the table. You know, he's a little bit more of a guy who can use his legs, can scramble around, he can run some different uh, zone read stuff with them. Some, you can do different things with, with Marcus. So we kind of feel like not only are we getting a quality guy that can come in and play if Derek gets hurt, but he also brings a different dimension to our offense. Selfish question, Mike. How's my guy, Jonathan Abram, doing? <laughs> I, I think he's chomping at the bit, as you would expect. Uh, and, and I think that um, he he needs to become a really good football player for us this year, and we're counting on it. You know, Mike, most championship teams are built on win the division first, then worry about the other stuff. When you built your team, do you feel like you're close to building a team that can compete and contend with any team in the division? Well, I mean, that's a veiled reference to the world champion. <laughs> they're pretty good. You know, and, and we, we, all three of us know they're pretty darn good. And, and we, we we recognize that. And I, I'm i not giving out any secrets when, when I tell you that, you know, our goal was to get faster and more athletic on both sides of the ball over the last couple of years. And I think we have now, whether or not we've closed any gaps on anybody, uh, what I tell everybody in our building is we're seven and nine. That's who we were last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we shouldn't be chirping about anything else other than getting better, winning every friggin' snap, win, winning every meeting, 
get a tiny bit better, make it a force multiplier by the end of the season. And, you know, Buck, when we go down to play your old team in Carolina, we'll find out a little bit more about ourselves on September 13th. But I don't know anything beyond that. All right, Mike, this is the last question. I'll let you run. It's the most important question. Uh, how, how many how many buffets have you hit in Vegas since you've moved out? There? <laughs> you, you know, whenever you tell me that it's the most important question, I know it's <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, I know how to get from my my rental to the facility <laughs> and back. So the answer is zero. And more importantly, I hope you, you're out of there in time to get to your tea time, Daniel, because it sounds like your work ethic has gone into pooper since <laughs> I- well, well, not, not, unfortunately, it's my golf game that's gone in the pooper. That, that's that's the problem. As I have, I got to get out there today. I'm repping our guy Charles Davis today with the with the Tennessee Bulls T-shirt, but I don't want to wear that on the golf course because I want to get laughed at in case anybody watches football. So I, I gotta get the change. You would need to put a collar on that if you want to go out with that shirt. In. You don't know the golf courses that I play at, Mike. <laughs> hey, man, it, it's it's great to catch up. Uh, looking forward to seeing you this fall here when the, when the Raiders come out to Los Angeles. And uh, we'll catch up soon, man. Appreciate you. Hey, stay healthy with your families. And it's always great to catch up. Good luck, guys. Well, Buck, it's great to catch up with Mike. Um, you know, look, that's a, that's a tough job in a normal year. Uh, I can't imagine the stress uh, that comes along with trying to navigate through this entire pandemic that we've been in the middle of, and as well as what's going on, you know, in the world from a social social justice standpoint. I mean, that is a lot to handle as a leader. That's a lot to handle as a leader. But you know what? I feel like he, he finally settled into the job. He, he certainly feels like he has command over the job, and he has a clear vision for how he wants to operate as a general manager. And that has been parlayed out in his ability to give direction to his scouts, his ability to kind of make some of these picks. Obviously, he's having to do it in conjunction with working with John Gruden. But I feel like this team kind of has his 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 stamp of approval, meaning the things that he used to theorize and talk about when we all work together, I kind of believe I, I see that with the Raiders. And so it's good to see people really stick to their guns when it comes to their vision for how football should be played. When you begin to see their team reflect that vision, that is when you see good things happen. Yeah, again, you, you don't want to make somebody else's mistakes. You want to make your own mistakes. So you have a vision, what it, what you want it to look like. Go out and execute that, and then let whatever happens, happens. I think he's done that. Uh, I do want to remind everybody, inspired by the ongoing conversations with players, NFL has launched the NFL Votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit nfl.com slash votes to learn more. Also want to remind you that the Hard Knocks podcast hosted by our buddy Peter Schrager, uh, you can catch the final episode of Hard Knocks, the TV show. That is Tuesday, September 8th at 10 p.m. Eastern on HBO. Uh, Schrager's has done a wonderful job with that podcast, getting some great guests on there to kind of recap what's going on uh, with the Chargers and with the Rams, uh, as well as some other football insight there from our buddy Pete. So uh, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, any other thoughts here, Buck, before we wrap this thing up? No, nah, man, it's, it's, it's great, DJ. Look, we're just one step closer, one step closer to the regular season kicking off. I am excited and looking forward to next week. Yeah, I did see on uh, Apple Podcasts, we are getting close to, I think, 2,000 uh, reviews or, or, or uh, ranking ratings, something on there. There's a milestone out there. So I want to thank everybody that's done that for us, that's gone and left us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. And uh, again, let us know some ideas you might have for what we can do to serve you guys better. And, and let us know again 
who the best high school football player you've ever seen. We got some great names on there. We need to update that. Uh, we'll do that next week. We'll update that list of high school players. But I want to thank everybody for that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us. Uh, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. See you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.